Hey guys, it's the <laughs> Dippy Brothers Podcast, presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm the AJ, down <laughs> no, in the no, Fredericksburg, no, Virginia. No? no? Alright. Brothers podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. My name is AJ, and I live in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I have a co-host who's my brother, and his name is. <laughs> my name is Luke. I'm Luke, and he lives in Philadelphia. <laughs> and this is the Doopy Brother. No, we can. No, let's ride with this one. <laughs> All right, so it's episode one hundred and four. This is a uh, reaction pod. It's Wednesday night after the Toronto. I was gonna say loss, but tie, yeah. and I guess that's it. I, I feel like that's a that's a thing when a lo- a tie feels like a loss. It, stepping back, that's kind of a good thing. It means your expectations have risen. And I think we've talked about that before. The uh, goalposts have moved. Sure. Um, but yeah, it it feels like a loss, and I think there's several factors why. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. But um, before we get into that, we were both at the Nashville game. Uh, it was just another one of our classic biggest games ever that we seem to have all the time. <laughs> um, but the win, the win vaulted us into second place. Um, not, not too many memorable moments from this game. Pretty much just a boring blue collar grind out the win, um, taking care of business. And sounds negative, but that's a, it's kind of like a positive statement to make, right? Definitely. Yeah, um, it yeah it wasn't wasn't a very flashy game. Nashville rotated a lot of guys and and didn't have have their best best lineup out there, um, partially because of yellow cards and such, and partially the coach's decision, which is weird. Um, so like Hani Mukhtar was out for yellow cards, so was uh, Hawkinson um, was suspended for this game, and. Uh, their coach also rested Zimmerman and Sapong came off but didn't start the game as well which is interesting because those guys seem fit and you know eventually made their way into the game so you know we're healthy enough to play um which was so it was strange to like not play all those guys um in a game against a team right next to in the standings and right at the end, end of the year um so interesting but you know obviously benefited us because Nashville was weaker and we beat them so that was great um yeah i i thought uh, um i was excited to see zimmerman get something just because he's a national team guy yeah um he he looked i mean he looked like he was good definitely uh yeah. now they didn't really get a chance to really threaten us which was the good i would also say going on the other side of the ball i feel like we were not too threatening ourselves the goal came from a PK, obviously, mm-hmm. which was on a kind of goofy handball in the box. So um, I don't know what I'm saying, but I guess it it was a pretty even game between two two good teams that are kind of known more for their defensive defensive setups, Definitely. despite Nashville putting up six in Cincinnati tonight. Yeah, um, yeah, it just yeah it just felt like the Union were just 
the the reason they like kept Nashville at bay and you know kept the game as as a shutout. They just like seems to have just won all the battles around the field. You know, they won. I feel like Montero was very influential. Flock won his battles, and like I feel like we just kind of beat them up a little bit and around the field and and just won those those key moments. And that's just kind of what kept Nashville from gaining any sort of momentum and you know success going forward. So it was a really well done performance by the Union, especially after coming off of that Minnesota game where our defense was a mess. Um, so to see them get that shutout and, and, and play the way they did was, was a very nice positive. Yeah. The only other thing I would say uh, is shout out to IBX, Independence Blue Cross. There's Independence Blue Cross <laughs> night as well as, as well as kids night, which was very noticeable in the crowud. Yeah. Uh, the chance the chance just sounded a little different coming from a lot of youth yeah. but there there's a lot of noise so uh very cool seeing a lot of young soccer fans out there but uh, it was noticeable yeah um cool so let's jump into tonight's tie uh 2-2 toronto Bedoya starts us off with a goal in the first minute um funky little defensive laps leads to josie tying it up elliot with an own goal to give them the lead, Santos scores his sixth goal against Toronto to tie it up. And then a ball hit Michael Bradley's hand. He falls over, claiming he's hurt. No handball called. Thank you, and good night. Yeah, what a weird game. What a weird night in MLS. Honestly, this has been a roller coaster, and it 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 feels fitting that that we're doing. This is our first time doing a reaction or a podcast right after a game when it's this kind of crazy of a night. But I don't even like this. This game is just kind of strange to start the game with a, a second quickest goal in our in our history, and then the Union just kind of sat back after that and kind of let Toronto do what they did. And, and Toronto plays played at a very like kind of slower pace, definitely slower than the Union are are more comfortable playing. And and, and the Union have been this kind of team that plays to the level of their opponents. Like you see against Nashville, Nashville's a, a quality team. The Union played it, had a quality performance playing against Toronto. It's we played down to them, which is it, and it's just kind of frustrating. And obviously, like you know, playing away, you you know, Toronto, you know, the home team has the advantage and they kind of dictate tempo more easily. But it's it just kind of frustrating to see the Union play this poorly against a very bad team. Yeah, and. And they had a couple chance, but I think the bigger thing that we're kind of hitting on is that this team is, I keep using the phrase with you, Jekyll and Hyde, where we talked about, you know, against Nashville, did the work, proved you're the better team on the night, win. Step into Toronto, like, who are you? Minnesota, who are you? Like, this team, I don't know where that comes from, if it's just tired legs, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's been a long year. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. Um, yeah. I, the non-PK call, I think having that at the end of the game also kind of sours the mood because it looked on initial stuff like it should have been an easy PK call. Then people are saying it hit his body before it hit his hand. Like, whatever. But I also like I feel like it kind of also changes the mood like as far as like, ah. Uh, we didn't get a call on top of all of it. Right. And I, I like, I, I 
been trying to like dissect these replays. I did not see it hit his body. Like I know we don't have a clear view with like you know bodies in, in the way of of the camera angle for the for the closer shots, but like I don't see it clearly hitting his body, but I do see it clearly hitting his his arm. Like I don't get where mm-hmm. the like where it was so obvious to these refs reviewing this that like they clearly hit a body and don't even the you know these the shadow ref doesn't have to look refs. at it. <laughs> yeah, like what what angle are they seeing that they that this was so clear that the ref didn't you have to take a look at it like and, and review it himself? Like I it's that's that was very odd and frustrating because yeah, obviously that would that would have changed the game and I don't know. I, that was that, yeah, that was a weird one, and and obviously yeah, like we maybe didn't deserve that uh, a win or anything from this from this kind of game and this performance, but to have that that happen at the end of the game, and especially I get you know Michael Bradley too, like he, he just he, of all the guys of right? all the guys, of course, yeah, like it just a little it added a, a little extra dose of sourness in our in all of our our, our mouths, I guess. Yeah. Sidebar, since we like to talk jerseys and stuff, uh, what do you think of the refs kids? I don't know. They're okay. They kind of remind me of um the Union Happy Hour kids. There's the with the, oh, yeah. like the the navy with the light blue trim. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was thinking it. Um I'm probably gonna get three. <laughs> A center and two and two sideline guys. I don't know. <laughs> um anyway, uh let's so, see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I just so you you told me um, you had some Casper notes. Yeah. Oh, I, I have another joke. Um, since it's Halloween week, I think in Toronto, the most popular costume tonight was dressed like a seat. That's true. Yeah. Are they? Do they have like COVID restrictions still up there? Like, I'm 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 asking like kind of seriously. Good... Like that. I feel like that might be the truth yeah, because no, Canada's like... been slower with that. But it, yeah, it was yeah, that, not... that kills my joke. Yeah. It might. Yeah. Be. Good yeah. call. Good call. I mean, also like they're anyway. a bottom team with that are already out of playoffs, and it's a midweek game, and it's probably already very cold uh, in Canada. Yeah. So there's other factors too, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, two notes. I had someone Casper and Martinez. Wait, who do you want first? Let's do Casper. Ah, right, so um, I'm a little frustrated because I put a bet on him to to put two shots on goal, starting striker team bottom of the league our striker should get two shots on goal mm-hmm. he got one from inside the six mm-hmm. westberg made a save yep that was annoying um should have done better there second one miglin holy smokes great left foot right. uh a little right. ball dinked over the top great first touch by casper absolutely great first touch but then he blasted off the crossbar which does not count as a shot on goal um Oh, that's that's interesting. I didn't. I would have thought that'd be on goal. Nah, nah. So, starting striker, two shots, no one in front of him, and uh, no goals. I know he scored a PK in the last game, and he's had a decent run. And I, I feel like the fan base is very split on him because I often see on Twitter anytime he scores, people coming out saying, "Where are all the Casper haters? Where are all the Casper haters?" Mm-hmm. And then. It's like, okay, cool. But like, it's just there's so often where he isn't involved in the game. He isn't like producing. He just goes through such streaky play where it's like, if, if that's what you want, cool. But um, I, I don't know if that's what's best. 
um, when you can't rely on him consistently. Um, but then on the broadcast, I also heard a couple facts that made me kind of back off on my criticisms of Casper. And so the two things that they said were in the past two years, um, he is fifth in goals over the last two years, which I thought was pretty kind like, of in my face as far as like in the league, like total goals scored. Yeah. Wow. Not on our team. Yeah. And so that was kind of in my face, like, okay. And then um, this year alone, he's got the second most game winning goals hmm. in the league. The okay. only one ahead was a uh, Seattle dude, uh, Diaz. Real Diaz. Diaz. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's kind of in my face, but I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it was just kind of some thoughts I had. Yeah. Um, I, I, grand scheme as far as goalposts, I think we also have pushed the goalposts to a point where we want to be better than the third best team in the East, and we want to be competing for an MLS Cup. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's an MLS Cup winning type striker. I yeah, I get that. And, and, and you're you're probably true with that point. Um, I I I personally lean more towards pro casper um because i mean he did get two good looks at goal and he yeah he should have finished those but he's getting those looks more and i feel like i i honestly i i know santos scored the goal but i feel like he creates he gets himself in maybe less less chances in front of goal like he makes the great runs and does those other things but i see santos less often in front of goal with the ball and Casper at least gets himself into those positions where he gets, you know, an easy tap in, but he gets himself in those positions. But he also is he's involved with like a lot of the defensive work. And I think that's where he stays on the field and and where Jim Curtin values him. But I, I and I and this is I'm kind of starting a different conversation here, but with him being a part of this Christmas tree formation, which I think is something we should discuss because it, it's well, this is maybe the third straight game with it. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's it helps Casper a lot because one the Montero Gazda chemistry is building and that's getting very positive and interesting. But there it, it feels like it he Casper is fits into that system pretty well and is able to like slip in and find those those pockets with those guys playing behind him and getting the service from them and, and less becoming a, maybe a little less reliant on the you know the crosses coming in that we were kind of been seeing all year with a four four two formation. So I I think I I'm in favor of maybe Casper in this four three two one with more. I guess that's more based off of like how Montero and Gazak are playing in it. But I feel like Casper is the guy to play at that at the point of the the Christmas tree. And. I know, like, not all of the results have come from have been great in, in this formation, but I I kind of am like what I'm liking what I'm seeing from our front line in this formation compared to what it's been before, because at, at least with this with this formation, like, we're getting way better combinations and 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 passing sequences in front of goal, rather than you know the 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 influ in, you know the the flurry of crosses from from the other formation. So I I'm I'm a little more intrigued by it, and I think. It seems like Curran seems to like it too, and it's getting Gaza clicking a little bit better. So I feel like there's a lot of positives in it, and Casper is a beneficiary of it as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's that's a fair fair point. Bringing in the formation, I think you also mentioned 
uh, Gazda getting a little more involved in it. And um, that's, that's a, if, if Jim Curtin's figure out a way to get Gazda more involved and performing at a higher level, absolutely. We need that because we're just missing a piece or two in order to be from Alice cup. And so that, that would be a really cool um, fruit of the labors of Jim Curtin. If that's what we get out of it. Um, and then hopefully, hopefully, yeah, we can just get some goals. But uh, that was that was my Casper thoughts. Um, Martinez, a couple thoughts on him. Just given uh, you, me, and Dad talked about this on uh, Saturday at the game, but he just gives up the ball a lot, and I kind of have this personal feeling that he just feels like he's bigger than this team, and. Granted, he he might be destined for bigger club. I I think that's probably where he's going um, after this. But uh, uh, it's almost like sometimes you can see it where he gets on the ball, like uh, against Minnesota. This was very clear, um, and he just thinks he can do whatever, make a move, play any pass, and and he's giving up the ball way too much. Sometimes he does make an awesome pass. Like not not trying to discredit everything he does. Mm-hmm. He had one today where. It looked like he was going to rip it, and he just like played this line drive ball on the ground to Bedoya. That was that was one of my favorite passes of the game. Um, we can get to your favorite pass later if you want to talk favorite passes. Uh, everyone's favorite segment. Um, but then I also find it interesting how far deep he comes back to receive the ball. It's almost like a Harris Madunian type where he. I'm not. I don't know if this is good. So. Um, he, he just demands the ball. He comes all the way back right next to Jack or Jakob and gets the ball. Where, whereas, like, those two have passing abilities. And I don't know necessarily why Martinez needs to literally come all the way back to be right next to them to receive the ball when I feel like we've been missing kind of a linking piece. Um, he, he just does well in the space right in front of them. But he, he finds himself coming so far back, and then I feel like between the three of those guys, we just try to hit a bunch of long diagonals yep. very often where, whereas like we don't really need Martinez to come back next to Jack in order to hit a long diagonal, which I believe Jack and Yako both are very capable of hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just almost taking away an option of advancing the ball when he does that. And I'd like to just like, not see him do that basically with Harris it was kind of different you know a left-footed guy and we all know how well Harris could move the ball around right um yeah that was more of his but, job yeah 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 and yeah, yeah uh, I, and I, also no or sorry go ahead I was just gonna say like Harris wasn't exactly uh being a defensive enforcer there where where Martinez if there's a turnover it's nice having him a little further up the field to try to snuff that out earlier and he's got the wheels to recover as he and recover is great but yeah all right go ahead what was i gonna say um yeah no i think no i i i definitely agree with you and i feel like what maybe martinez isn't as good at is like turning with the ball like so like being that that length that where the center backs can feed him and he can go with it like i feel like he's not really that kind of player where he can turn with it and make the quick pass forward like the you know like kind of like the Aronson is like incredible at and I know that was he's a different position but that he has that kind of skill that that we saw so much and I feel like 
that's that kind of skill that we're missing from like our entire midfield. No one really does that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, then we become reliant on that 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 long ball, and Martinez feels more comfortable coming back and getting the ball, and then like having the the field in front of him to find a pass rather than you know turning with it and, and making a, a quicker pivot. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying there, and yeah, his. It, it feels like he's just very um i don't know hard-headed or something where he's just like is he sees like the the like kind of flashy pass or or play that he wants to make and he doesn't think about anything else and just wants to try to pull yeah, it off never, and doesn't never like checks down yeah and doesn't assess that maybe it's, it's not worth it or not the right time to do something like that and that's where you kind of see that when he like is taking all these rips like he's you know 40 yards from goal and he sees that he has like 15 yards of space and he's like all right well that's all i'm gonna think about and, and rip the shot rather than seeing like okay that's an option take it a half second mm-hmm. and see what else there is and maybe there's a better pass that or maybe he takes a couple of dribbles or something and and he doesn't seem to be doing that yeah have that like kind of check down what what are all my uh, what, assessing these other options and, and maybe thinking about what's a safer a play rather than trying to to pull off the the flashy pass or shot or whatever he's trying to do which is yeah and it's just frustrating and it feels like it gets in the way of other guys trying to make the simple simple pass or keep possession or and do the the things that that keep their momentum going and he kind of kills it a lot of times and it's just yeah it's frustrating because yeah it's he's also obviously very very high quality player that we want to see on the field a lot but when he's not it feels like there's less chance of you know some of these dumb turnovers from happening yeah, and we have a guy in Flock who can play the defensive position. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just saying I'll be okay when we sell him. And I don't think there will be much need for panic because of Flock. And yeah. And bringing, maybe Flock, a little bit of a... bringing Flock back to the six mm-hmm. is probably best for him because I, I love the kid. I think he's incredible at what he does. But yeah, his offensive abilities are, are very lacking and yeah he's 20 and that, and that can get improved but he doesn't really have that that skill set so keeping him maybe further back in the field is probably more beneficial for everyone at the moment including his uh future with the national team he's he's slowly building into a tyler adams backup probably probably fourth fifth down the depth chart right now you got acosta probably jackson yole yeah, Debusio is, is is falling into that position as well, and there's like Delatore. Oh, so yeah, yeah. There's some guys, but yeah, he's definitely mm-hmm. like someone who's rising up in that at that chart, which is is kind of cool. Um, His name's on the list. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So a tie that feels like a loss and a boring win. Solid. Right <laughs> now we sit in third place. Nashville jumped up ahead of us. Uh we obviously have Cincinnati on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Weird, but okay. And then finish obviously with um, NYC FC. If the standings stayed as they were right now, we would end up playing Atlanta. Um, scale of one to ten, ten being super confident, one being no way we get out, uh, get to the second round. How confident would he be playing Atlanta? I'd be. <laughs> I don't know, 65% confident. 
Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking too. Not like overly, but not. Yeah. But on the yeah above, at least definitely more favored. Yeah. Um, and we'll do more of that as uh, the playoffs get, sure. get closer. But um, yeah, and then it just kind of shows the value of jumping into second place because uh, I, I don't know, Atlanta seems hot and definitely they've got guys who can just like difference makers um if we were in second place uh we would end up being against red bull which honestly i feel much, i i actually, feel a lot better playing red bull than Atlanta. it's actually dc right now right um maybe i, I just pulled up the standings and if they've updated it mine is showing dc so i and i think that's is updated. it yeah okay I guess the the app is not updating as fast. I guess. Gotcha. Because I was thinking it should be DC. Um. Anyway. Um. So we're kind of battling out right now with Nashville, Orlando, New York City. We end with New York City. We don't want to uh, go to the baseball stadium with anything to play with. Uh. We want to kind of be like solidified, but that doesn't seem like that will be the case. But if we beat Cincinnati, we'll be sitting on fifty three points. Orlando and Nashville play each other next. So. I don't know. I don't know what best case scenario there is. A tie would put. I think Nashville I mean, at fifty-three. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not, that's not bad. I feel like a Nashville loss is probably our most um, the, the, the result we want the most if we get the win because then we would clear them, and and it'd be it'd be ahead of them by a point rather than being tied yeah. and then like having you know being up there i guess we we still have the the win tiebreaker but um mm-hmm. really yeah. what's going kind of, really the big point is no, it seems like no matter what that last game well if nashville beats orlando and we don't beat cincinnati then the last game won't have a chance for us to be in second place but mm-hmm. uh assuming we can beat cincinnati then we'll be playing for second place in our last game of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, With, uh, I, I feel like regardless, no. there's going to be fighting for, you know, positioning and because all, all these all these spots are just going back and forth. So it's there's still so much to play for. So that New York City game is going to be interesting. Yeah. And we said before, it seems like we're always playing New York City on that last weekend. Uh, it's so frustrating just to like them and it's like come on don't make us do that but right especially in the baseball stadium it's just such a bad bad look yeah. and we get to be front and center mm-hmm. um all right cool let's see so we've got cincinnati coming up what's your prediction how many goals they're they're looking for history cincinnati's lost nine straight um they just clinched the wooden spoon how many goals are we going to put up on Cincinnati on Halloween night? Oh man, I I would hope for something like four. You know, just a real nice schlacking of them and kind of get this Toronto tie taste out of our mouth and head into New York City with a, a a nice bit of confidence because our offense could use that that boost and our whole fan base could use a, a boost of. of of confidence going into that game. Of Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. I think also in, uh, the fact that Nashville just went in and put up six, I think that gives us a little motivation also to show that we are just as offensive as them. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, it. I don't like that's on Halloween night. That's gonna be. That is, that's just weird. Just spooky. It's. I mean, it, it's like, got to mean like a Casper hat trick, right? Well, dude, my man, my man, well done. But also, I'm just, I just realized we kind of like missed a segment that we should have done, and we're not going to do it. But like union-based Halloween costumes using players. Yeah. Well, we'll save it for next year. That will. Oh yeah, I wanted to say this Flocktoberfest. That's something else we missed. We should have done a flock <laughs> Flocktoberfest. But anyway, I just need to throw that word out into the union sphere. <laughs> Flocktoberfest. Right. Yep. Yep. Got cool. it. Cool. I think. I think we all we all agree we're done, right? Yep, <laughs> that's it. Well, I know that. Well, I know that. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll say Union win three zero on Sunday. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening to our reactionary podcast. Um, yeah, keep on being good people. Bye. Union goal.